tell you what, there's been a lot of occasions over Crystal Tang's career where I've had to ask some uncomfortable questions about some really strange things he'd do on the ice. And you know what? He'd always come back with something that was pretty straightforward. You know, he didn't enjoy hearing it. He definitely didn't enjoy answering it. But he'd be honest. Well, I asked him a very, very different question here in Philadelphia last night. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates right where you found this. Penguins 6, Flyers 2, 10-game winning streak, two more goals for Brian Rust, two more goals for Jake Gensel, yet another goal for Evan Rodriguez, and I'm going to talk about the guy who set up the first three goals of this game that carved out a 3-0 lead for the Penguins after one period, and that was Latang, two by Rust, one by Gensel. And that doesn't even come close to describing what Latang's done for the Penguins this season. Let me put it this way. Without getting into any kind of great big analytical dissection of everything that he does, plain and simple, he's the straw that stirs the drink at both ends of the ice. And thus, the only player in position to be able to do that. And, by the way, he's out there for a half hour a game. He's he's still a freak. I say that nicely. He still can't leave the rink. He still doesn't show signs of fatigue. But the difference is, the difference in his performance is that it's smarter, it's more methodical, it's more aware, and somehow he's pulling that off without being more careful, meaning in, in terms of uh, how far he moves up into the attack or whether or not he'll pinch down the wall or whether or not he'll join the rush. He's still doing all of that. His assist on Gensel's goal here last night, he was down by the goal line. He had a puck swatted behind the net by Sidney Crosby, went back and corralled it to the right, the direct right of Carter Hart. And he looked up, found Gensel at the other lip of the crease, zipped across a pass. Gensel didn't know he put it in. He shot it right into Hart's glove, but Hart's glove and really half of his arm went across the line. Refs didn't see it, called it a goal. Beautiful play. Beautiful play. And Latang's been making these all over the rink. So why haven't we noticed it? Why haven't we discussed it as much? Well, the simplest explanation for that is the beautiful plays that he's making are mostly beautiful in the eyes of his coaches, particularly Mike Sullivan and Todd Reardon, who works with the defenseman and who works very closely 
with Latang in particular. Because in their eyes, the beauty comes in the simplicity. The beauty comes in the risk-free component and in seizing up ice and situations that are already there. I asked Sullivan after the game what he's seeing in Latang's play and what's made him seem like a smarter, more controlled defenseman this season than maybe ever. And the answer, he got into some detail here. But I'm going to roll the whole thing for you here because when you press a podcast called Daily Shot of Penguins, you hopefully are expecting something more than just the standard surface stuff. You know, Brian Rush scored two goals and Jake Gensel scored whatever. You know, this is the, the goal here. I'm out here covering the team. I'm with the team. I'm asking the questions. I want you to learn what I learned. Listen to Sullivan's description, his answer to me about Latang. Yeah, I think so. You know, he's uh, he's he's such a, an, an important player for us. He just plays so many minutes. He plays in so many critical situations and and when he plays, uh, when he plays a, an efficient game, I, I think um, he 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 helps us win. You know, he he takes what the game when he takes what the game gives us gives him, and he doesn't force plays. He defends when we need him to. Uh, you know, I I think it gives him the opportunity to to act on his talent, and and when he sees the plays to you know, to jump into the offense or lead the rush or uh, jump off the offensive blue line. You know, we certainly don't want to take that out of his game. We just don't want him to force it when it's not there. And, and we want him to recognize situations when, when he needs to make simple plays and, and, and when he can be active offensively. And I, and I think he's made really good decisions as of late, both with and without the puck. And when he does that, uh, he's such a force for us. You know, he's uh, he helps us get out of our end zone. He, you know, he makes transition passes, and you know, he's so active off the rush. Um, he he helps us create a four-man attack, which a lot of times gives our forwards an opportunity to grab the blue line with possession. Uh, you know, his I think his his skating ability. He's so physically gifted. His skating ability is. Uh, I think what is really what his competitive advantage is, and 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 when he when he utilizes it the right way, he he's an elite player and he's playing elite hockey for us right now. Understand it a little bit better now. I know I did. I know I did. I've been around hockey my whole life, played, ref, coached, everything. Never ever ever presumed that I know everything. This makes sense to me. This explanation feels logical. It feels like what we're seeing and why it doesn't seem incredible. It just seems like he's doing his job and, as Sullivan put it, taking what's there. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how one dollar can be turned into five full meals. For those in need, visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. So I mentioned occasionally having to ask Latang 
tough questions over the years about his own play. So imagine my delight when I had the opportunity last night after this game to ask this question. Tanger, you've always been really honest in assessing your own play. Is this the best you've played in a regular season over a sustained stretch? I don't know. I've been, I've been, a a long, been in there for a long time. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know if in 2012 I was like that, but um, if like like I said in the past, when a team is having a lot of success, usually individual success comes, and um, I think it's a it's a teamwork, and uh, you know a lot of guys are benefiting of the fact that we're playing well as a team. Um, see Rusty and that first line on the board every night, um, and um, you know it's it's easy it's easier to play when everybody's going like this. He knows, my friends. He knows, okay? He's very, very, very self-aware. He studies his own performances as much as any athlete I've covered in any sport. He knows that he's at a Norris Trophy-type level right now. I'm not predicting that he'll be a finalist. Certainly not that he'll get it. I'm just describing the level that I'm witnessing. He's at that level right now. He is commanding the game when he's on the rink. This is a special, special player. Has been for a long time. He's only getting better with age. When we come back, just one question. Just one question that's brought to you always on this program by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. And right now, Fubo TV is offering our listeners of this show a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com/dk. FuboTV.com/dk. And today's J1Q comes from Joe, who asks, DK, if you were playing the hypothetical GM role this coming offseason, who do you try to re-sign first? Brian Rust or Evan Rodriguez? I'd love to see them re-sign both, but that seems unlikely since the cap will be flat. Some other moves will need to be made, mainly trading away salary or Geno slash Latang and their upcoming contracts help out the team with some salary relief. Glad you're wearing the GM's hat for this one. <laughs> don't be, don't be, Joe. You don't want me doing that job. I have zero qualifications for it. But since you asked the question, and since Russ had another couple goals, Rodriguez had another goal, and they're not going to leave this particular dialogue anytime soon. In fact, that's only going to amplify, I think, as the season goes along. And especially if Rodriguez keeps scoring, because he's the one who's come out of nowhere. Rust is a known commodity. Rodriguez has just leaped into this level. I'm a little leery of saying 
Joe, that you can't sign both. You say that seems unlikely since the cap will be flat. Yeah, the cap will be flat, but you have to prioritize. When you're running a hockey team that's this deep, I've been referring to it recently as five and a half lines deep, you can look at the rest of your lines and say, okay, well, going to have to give up some of that depth. You can look at Jason Zucker's contract and, and know in advance that no one's going to take that off your hands unless you do some kind of bad contract swap or you move a draft pick hoping that somebody takes on the salary. You're going to see, Joe, in general, I think across the league over the next few months, a lot of teams looking to make moves exactly like that. You know the ones where you make a trade with the Coyotes so that they just take a contract? Uh, You can do that with the Senators too because they have to stay above the salary cap floor and at the same time they don't want to be anywhere near the ceiling. So they'll take on even like a retired player's contract. Definitely not forecasting that someone's going to pick up Zucker. But you're going to have to make some kind of moves. You have players that are making money that you could probably distribute best elsewhere, even if they're playing well. Great example is Mike Matheson. This is an expensive player. It's a $6 million player. But right now, he's he's playing really, really well. I don't know if he's at $6 million, but he's been really good. And you know what? He was again here last night. This is three games now in a row since the extended holiday-slash-COVID break that he's been outstanding. There are only so many of these luxuries that you can afford. Now, this is, of course, where the conversation turns to, you know, can you really afford to put, I don't know, seven, eight, nine million dollars into Evgeny Malkin when you don't know how healthy he's going to be? You don't know how... Well, that knee surgery will have corrected issues. Will he come back and be the dominant superstar version of Gino? that, I mean, we've seen it in spurts over the last three years, but not on any consistent basis. The only good part of having to make this decision, not me, the real one, Ron Hextall and Brian Burke, is that they do have time. They have time to see If Rodriguez is a flash in the pan, I don't think he is. They have time to see if Rust can stay in the lineup and contribute consistently. They have time to see, most importantly, how everything goes with Gino. And then from there, you're right. You don't want to be the GM on this one. I don't want to be it either. It's a tough call, but you know what else it is? It's a really good problem to have, Joe. Because all of these players we're discussing right now are currently under the cap and currently in the Penguins' employ and currently the very hottest team in the league. It's been dramatically uplifting first 33 games of this schedule. And just imagine, again, when they're all back, meaning Gino, Jeff Carter, so forth. My feeling is that that's going to happen at some point 
on this trip. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one of these on Monday. 